Jeff, this is it's a, it's a different tone tonight on the it show is, than we ever have. It's a different tone of the world tonight. That it it's was a different tone in the world ago. tonight, and something that I know the term unprecedented has gotten thrown around a lot with the pandemic. But for pretty much everyone on the planet right now, this is truly unprecedented. The last time something that happened is currently happening right now happened was in 1939 when Hitler invaded Poland. And that is a one nation declared war on another sovereign nation and is currently invading them. And obviously this hits very near and dear to me as I served my mission in Ukraine. I've also lived in Russia. Russia already annexed one of my areas because I served in the Crimean Peninsula and they annexed it in 2014. And there has been in the far eastern regions of Ukraine, there has been a civil war ongoing with a separatist movement since 2014 at the same time period, but Russia has never cared about it. And they could have annexed it then when they annexed Crimea, but it's, there's nothing there like this. When people are, when you see in the news and they're talking about Donbass and like the Donetsk basin and people, you know, in Russia yesterday, when or two days ago, when Putin said that they were recognizing them as independent countries and would begin relationships and offer military aid, blah, 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 blah. That's like Mexico annexing Mississippi and Alabama. Like it's a really poor part of the country. It's all factories. Most of the people like upper class people, middle, like pretty much, I mean, they've had over 2 million people from those areas or what they call IDPs, which is like a refugee within the same country. Um, so it's an internally displaced person. Um, and so they, it's been a mess for eight years and now it's finally, it's, there's no, as soon as he signed, Putin signed the uh, declaration recognizing Donetsk and Lugansk as like independent countries, that's when it was like, okay, shit has hit the fan because he could have done this anytime in the last eight years. There's no reason to do it unless he's planning something else. Obviously, current reports are that there are 200,000 soldiers sitting on the border. And as soon as this morning um, at like 7 a.m. Russian Moscow time, he gave a a speech. Well, actually, they played a speech. He recorded it the other day. He was wearing the same suit. Everything was the same. People checked the time on his watch was the same. It was pre-recorded, but it was a live broadcast and declared war in Ukraine saying that it was their Russia's historical lands that was currently seized by neo-Nazis. And then immediately following that being played, uh, there's tons of videos going around on Twitter, uh, whatever of like bombs going off and the sky is lighting up and it, it really, I mean, I am packing to go on vacation. I'm going to Maui for a week and it's really hard when I'm talking to some of my closest friends for my mission. I've been talking all night to the branch president for my last area. Uh, my other closest friend, probably, probably my closest friend from my mission is one of the areas who actually works for, he works for an NGO that has been helping all of these IDPs. Um, and that's what he works for now. I'm talking to him and it's like, I'm packing to go on a vacation. And I have friends that are like, well, we're researching countries of where we can be refugees because we're probably going to have to move. And like, we're scared of, you know, one lives in a city about 45 minutes, an hour, maybe. Um, from Kharkiv, so it's about an hour and a half from the border, but the next big city over is currently getting bombed. Another lives in Kiev in the capital, which is obviously going to eventually be the target. And so as very as we get into our life advice section, it just take a second to step back 
and realize that no matter how shitty your life is right now, or how hard you think you have it, or having a bad day at work, everyone listening to this podcast, probably you have a house to go home to. You're going to go lay on the bed, put your head down, watch some Netflix. You're going to wake up tomorrow. And no matter what the political discourse is on CNN or MSNBC or whatever Fox, whatever news you watch, nothing will ever has never come close in your life and nothing probably most likely will ever come close in your life to what is currently happening right now to a country of 40 million people halfway around the world. And we, I don't think, I think we are so spoiled to like really winning the lot. Like what does Creed say in the office when he's like, I've already won the lottery. I was born in the U S of a baby. Right. Like, that really is the truth. So like, take a step back and have some perspective of your worst day probably isn't that bad. That's not to minimize your problem, but historically the default human nature is living in poverty and having to forage and scavenge for food. That is default of human existence. And here we are, you and I, we get root beer money, can't be beer money because we don't drink. Like, you know, you bought a new Jeep because you, we have enough, you know, you bought a new Jeep and can afford it because enough people like what we say about sports. And we do this once a week and then kind of BS a newsletter a few times a week. And that makes people happy and people have disposable income to give us seven bucks a month. Right. And that is a far, far cry from 99.999999% of every person that has ever lived on this planet. So it's been a very emotional night for me. It's been, it's been a long week. It has, you know, it's when I'm talking to people, I'm like, dude, if you think, if you need to find an attorney and move to Arizona, I will find a spot for you in my house. You can sleep on my couch as long as you want to. I'll figure out a way to get you here. And that's something I never, like, you never think you'd have to say to somebody other than like, oh yeah, if you're coming through town come visit us, not, I don't want you to get blown up. Please come to my house. Yeah. I mean, I have nothing to add. It, it, it hurts. You know, I, I don't know anything about the, I mean, really the geopolitical climate of the world, specifically Ukraine and Russia. I, I have no idea. My ignorance is very much a blessing. Uh, all I know is that it's a sad day and uh, my heart goes out for, for your friends, for all of those people. I wish there was more that, that we could do as Americans than, than hope and pray, but that's, that's all I can offer, right? That's, that's all any of us, that's all most of us can offer. Uh, truly, a, a, it's a different day. The world is different today now than it was 24 hours ago. And uh, what that means for all of us, I'm, I'm sure there are going to be macro level effects that that impact all of us you know maybe it's something as small as our gas money oh the price of oil is going to go through the roof once people stop taking oil from russia it certainly isn't our home you know at least maybe not yet i think anytime there's war that's what you're afraid of is that someday it comes into our country Uh, but so far we've been very blessed as a country hopefully that will continue and hopefully whatever this is over there is resolved in a as quickly as it can whatever whatever that means and i don't know what that means just uh, uh, it, it's tough to talk about the uh shenanigans of byu athletic on a day like today 
It is. And but we do have uh I mean there are something we don't need to talk about. Well, let's see. Let me look at the agenda. Let's see. Um, I mean look the long list we can skip. Let's we can get to the life advice because I already gave my life advice. It's just like have some perspective, right? Like it's my two biggest piece, or let me think of my three biggest pieces of life. One, have some perspective and realize how good you have it. Like, you know, just take time to appreciate where you are and where you've been, right? You know, like it's every once in a while when you're climbing up the mountain, it's nice to take a break and look back and realize how far you've come. Two, don't worry what people you wouldn't take advice from think about you. That is like, if you think someone is an idiot, then who cares what they would say? Like if you consider someone a mentor that you would ask for advice from when you didn't know what to do in a situation, yeah, you should worry what that person thinks about how you're acting. But if it's some random person on the internet, don't worry about them. And three, I had a third one, but I can't remember what it was. So I think those are just my two. If you do those two, you'll probably be all right. Uh, my life advice is, is, is much more uh, specific to individuals. This was requested last week. We'll see how long this goes for us in our uh, in our podcast life. Uh, but it was requested last week. Some life advice from Jeff. So a few of you asked questions tonight that you want me to tell you how to live. And believe you me, there is nobody who is more prepared and more equipped to tell each of you how to live your lives than I am. Uh, number one. We are leaving these questions anonymous, by the way. We're not, uh, you know, some of them are serious. Most of them are not. But the life advice is going to be serious and it's going to be real. And so we're going to leave it anonymous. First question was sparked by a conversation by our friend, Hemahemuli, today. What do you do if someone won't take off their shoes in your house? First, you don't care because at the end of the day, unless they're caked in mud, it's not that big of a deal. Second, though, you care a ton. Also, most people, it's less of a deal now. It's more of a deal for you because you live in Utah and it's winter. So if you're tracking in crap, but also most people have hardwood or like have laminate flooring or tile now, which is, it's a lot easier to clean. You're not going to stain your white carpet because it's shack carpet because it's not 1982 anymore. Well, interestingly enough, bring that up. That was going to be part of my, uh, my, my, my second part of this answer one you care a lot because i mean at least have the respect to ask it's your freaking home that is something that we have lost in society is the ability to just do something out of the generosity of your heart because it might make somebody else happy everything is very me focused of no you can't tell me what to do how to feel how what to think there's no just like hey Garrett, I know this is going to make you happy, man. Let me let me get you a cookie. Let me Venmo you 10 bucks. Nobody does that anymore. Also, I did buy, I made a big purchase this week. A big purchase. Actually, my wife was kind of the leader of the big purchase. I bought a Kirby vacuum. Kirby. It's one one of the, do they do the door-to-door sales? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got suckered. But this Kirby vacuum, I almost encourage you people to come into my house with your buddy's shoes because I want to test the limits of this machine. It's made out of like solid aluminum. It might even be steel. I don't know. It's the most ridiculously heavy vacuum that I've ever seen. But I have a lot of carpet and it makes my carpet look brand new. 
So what do you do if someone won't take your, their shoes off in your home? You buy a Kirby when one of those sweet little door-to-door salesmen comes to your house and tries to sell you a Kirby. It also cleans out my window rails, which I didn't realize need to be clean. I vacuumed my mattress. It sucks the dirt out from the inside of your mattress. Think of how much, we all know what dust is. Dust is dead skin, right? Like we all know that. Think of how much dust, how much dead skin you are shedding every night that just falls into your sheets and, and through your sheets and into your mattress. The Kirby vacuum, you can suck all that up out of your mattress. Really a wonderful thing. It also is a shampooer. It comes with a big window washer thing. I have those big giant windows in my house now. Great, great, great. That's the answer. If someone will take your shoes off or their shoes off in your home, you buy a Kirby vacuum. Number two, next question. Again, anonymous. How can I make my wife happy? Now, I'm going to assume this isn't sexual because this is kids show. We are not here to talk about how you can make your wife sexually pleased. That's not what we're about. But how can you make her generally happy? Uh, Let me tell pa- you. How- pause interjection here. Um, just the Kiev Independent is now reporting that there is bombing in the capital. So continue to making your wife happy. <laughs> well, making somebody else's wife happy. Let me tell you how I make my wife happy. I just stay out of the way. That's really it. I stay out of the way. I say yes most of the time because I know my place. My wife, my wife is great. I trust my wife that she generally is looking out for the, she's sitting right next to me, but I don't think she can hear me. Uh, she is looking out for the betterment of our family the same way that I am. So I just stay out of the way, let her run it how she wants to run it. I run how I want to run. And if we're on the same page most of the time, I think we're doing okay. At the end of the day, that's how you can make your wife happy. Also, I have found that when I shave my head and I grow out a little bit of a beard, it makes her more happy. And I have found, and this is weird because this is going to be counterintuitive to everything that you've heard so far in your life. I have found that the fatter I get, and maybe the more out of shape I get, the happier my wife is. Because as you get older, adulthood happens. It's harder and harder. Like we've, My wife has had three kids. It's hard to keep your body in tip-top shape all the time and forever. That's a battle that I think a lot of women struggle with, that body image. Things are, things are not fair in the world today. Women have an un necessary expectation on them to look a certain way this is true and as my wife struggles with that you know her own journey i can do my part by constantly enlarging myself so that no matter what happens and my wife is not in any way shape or form out of shape anything she's fine but if she ever gets to a point that she's not fine she'll never be as not fine as I am. So gain some weight. That's what you could do to make your wife happy. Uh, number three, this is an easy one. How can you manage stress from college? Just drop out. This is true. It's Just overrated. It's overrated. And we're like 10 years away from everything being a certificate anyways. Like as soon as we cancel student debt, which is going to happen, and maybe not now, like maybe now the U.S. government has finally like 
adjusted and is going to be looking at the actual problems of the world and not just like a hey, student debt. And that's not to minimize those of you who believe that that's a big problem, but it's not like a really big problem in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, this, the student debt crisis is very overrated. It's not, most of the debt is like, it's doctors who can afford it. So it's fine. Yeah, like, I mean, at the end of the day, whatever. Uh, but once they cancel that student debt, like, I mean, I think that kind of is the seismic shift in the secondary education system that I've been hoping for. So just drop out, just get ahead of the curve. Call yourself trendy. I think you'll get there. And finally, the last question that was submitted to us, should I keep golfing whenever I want, having money and free time to do as I please, or should I start taking dating more seriously and try to get married? Well, here's the other thing. You're talking about keeping your wife happy. While you are dating, your wife will probably, your girlfriend and your fiance will probably hate how much you play golf. Once you are married, depending on how, what you do with your kids, well, there will be a time when she will be happy that you are playing golf because she does not want to see your face. So you're shaking your head at this. Well, my wife, who I thought couldn't hear us, is now she heard just enough to think that I was accusing her of being fat. Oh, dude, you dug yourself a big hole. Well, I'm, apparently I have, but like, I need you to just nod. She can't hear you, Garrett. Was I saying that she is fat? Nod no. or shake your head? No, you she, were saying that women put undue pressure on themselves women to worry about put, their figure, how what type of mother they are, whether they bottle feed or not, all yes. that crap. That's all brought yeah. on by women. We don't care. Women, women put undue, I'm going to repeat what you said for my wife who can't hear you. Women put undue pressure on themselves to look a certain way, to mother a certain way, to act a certain way, to Instagram a certain way. And I'm just out here, I'm just going to get fat. So no matter what pressure you are or are not living up to that is caused by another woman that you see on Instagram, an influencer, it's not coming from me. I'm just letting myself go. So no matter what you do, Jessica, you're always better than me. And there we go. Probably true. I, I've never met Jessica, but I can guarantee you she's better than you. Yeah, it doesn't take much. Uh, my advice, though, should you keep golfing, doing whatever you want? Uh, we did just say this is not a sexual show, but eh, I mean, I guess it kind of depends on what your morals are there, because that would kind of uh, dictate my answer there. If your morals do not say you need to wait until marriage, then by all means, stay single and take it, you know, great. If your morals say you are waiting until marriage, uh, I have golfed a lot. And I would happily put down my golf clubs. So there you go. That's my answer. This is the life advice from Jeff section of this week's podcast. If you would want me, if you want me to continue to tell you all how to live your lives, please submit more questions next week. Are you, you're going to be in Hawaii. Are you planning on recording next week? No, I'm going. So no, I might call in. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe if it's maybe my wife's like taking it, we might have to figure out the time difference. And maybe, I mean, by this point, by Wednesday or Thursday, it will have been just me 
and my wife, no kids together, 24 seven. It's like oh, going to be no kids, no kids. So she's probably going to be sick of me. So there'll probably be a few hours, like Tuesday, Wednesday, at some point I'll probably put my foot in my mouth and have to, yeah, well, and have a sense. few hours. That makes sense. Uh, there is some sport news. I mean, this is not, this is the show that the people who complain about our long intros, well, here we are. I don't know how many minutes into the show. And we're just now getting into sports news. And it's not BYU related. Troy Aikman is on the move. According to the New York Post, he is leaving the Fox Sports broadcast booth. And he is going to ESPN, the mothership. And he will be taking over as the lead color analyst for their Monday Night Football broadcast, which is expanding. They are getting more NFL games. Just more. Give me a more Manning cast. That's all the other. Get rid yeah. of normal color commentary. Give me four more players just laughing, joking, having a good time, like watching with the bros. That's having what we said need. that, my favorite part, and this is not a hyperbole, this is not a joke. My favorite part of NFL Sundays is usually on NFL Mondays when somebody on the internet puts together that week of unintentional sexual innuendos that Troy Aikman says in a game because he says a lot. And if you take what he says out in a certain context, the dude's a pervert. So I'm really looking forward to more of that. Here's the kicker though, that according to the New York post, Joe Buck may also make the jump to ESPN with him. Brother Buck has one year left on his contract and he does have the world series involved with that, right? He does baseball too for Fox. Um, If Fox releases him early or ESPN decides to pony up the money to buy him out, they could both be on the move over to ESPN. Why is that important for us, Garrett? Why is that important for you and for me? Because let me tell you why. Big 12 goes with Fox. It means more Adam Amin for BYU games, which is the ultimate end result we want. Well, maybe not. Because with a huge giant void without Joe Buck, I got one name that I bet you Fox is going to want to put onto those broadcasts as the voice of Fox sports. One Gus Johnson. And when Gus goes to the NFL, then our brother, Adam Amin might get put onto that big noon kickoff. He's, he's probably that close. He's that good. That's true. I need to DM him again, actually, because when we first started this thing, I reached out to him about having him on the show and he said he was down to come That's on, true. but he was in the middle of his Fox and his ESPN contract. So he was kind of like in a, I can't do anything publicly for a while. Well, we need to, we need to bring him on because I would love to just talk to him about how all of that went down. But if he ends up on the big noon kickoff, look, I love BYU at the big 12, and I think that it's a great move for the Cougars. Obviously I don't anticipate BYU on a lot of big noon kickoffs. Just don't yeah. see that happening. Getting the big Fox, over the Big Ten, over the Pac-12, over the rest of the schools in the Big 12. I don't see BYU getting that time slot as frequently as, say, Ohio State does. So with that in mind, we may even get less Adam Amin, and we potentially could lose Gus Bus to the NFL, which would be a tragedy because his voice is becoming the voice of college football. 
this leads me to the question that I have. What is your dream BYU telecast crew? Right now, who is it? It's Greg, it's mm-hmm. Riley Nelson, and it's uh, Mitch Jerkins on the field. Uh, I think it's – we need to actually, swap Mitch Jurgens for Mitch on, Harper and get hold, me hold and you on there. Ah. We need the Hellion cast. Hold on. Let me let me let's rephrase this because this is important. That's the radio broadcast. Radio is different than TV. TV is more about entertainment. Radio is about saying, you know, telling the game. So I guess really what we're saying is what is your your dream BYU telecast crew? It's currently Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and whoever BYU puts on. Sometimes it's Spencer, sometimes it's Jerem. It was Lauren Frankham at various times in the past. I don't know who is their sideline reporter for football every week now. Who is your dream telecast crew? You're thinking it's us and Mitch? I think so. I, I mean, it, I mean, if we're talking within Cougar Dumb. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was oh. – I want Micah Simon. I don't know where. I really want – Okay. If we're talking Dave and Blaine, look, I love Dave and Blaine. They're they're legends in the broadcast space. It might be time to move on from Dave and Blaine. Not because of anything Dave and Blaine did. I'm just ready for some new blood on BYU TV. And it, 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 it kind of feels like Mark Lyons did a few years ago. That like, he just, he was great. He was Mark. He was a legend. But it was time, right? It was time for Mark to move on. I sort of feel the same about Dave McCann and, and Blaine Fowler. It's not their fault. They're not doing anything wrong. It's been 11 years now. Is that true? 10, 10, 11 years of BYU TV. And they were both fixtures in the Mountain West world with the mountain. They were on the KSL, KJAZZ days back in the day. I mean, we've been hearing their voices with BYU football for a very, very long time. I'm ready for something new. And somehow I want Micah Simon involved. Now, why Micah Simon? Micah Simon. Because you love the BC Lions and he is their newest wide receiver. Oh, I didn't know that, but that's great. No, I love Micah Simon because he's insightful, but he isn't, you know, like, look, Marshawn Lynch is one of the most entertaining NFL running backs to listen to in an interview. But I don't want Marshawn Lynch on every telecast of every game. So, like, I know that the common answer is going to be, oh, Jamal Williams, the, the swag daddy's hilarious. Like, he is hilarious. There's no question. If you're asking me what in, like what interview do I want to listen to the most, it's probably Jamal Williams. But for my actual football telecast to like, hey, show me what happened on this play, give me some Tony Romo type vibes, I, I want Mike Simon. Now, I know that's against the mold. Most of the time you're picking a quarterback, and I think Riley Nelson does a good job on the radio side, but I want a guy like Mike Simon on the TV side because I think he can break down enough film for the, the, the idiots, the casual morons like you and me and most of the people who listen to this show, while also bringing that entertainment that TV needs in between plays. Because yeah. of that, Micah Simon's my guy. I, I really actually like, I've, I, a lot of times I listen to, like I'll listen to the post-game show um, that they put up on the podcast feed after, and Riley Nelson is really good He's on good. the radio. He is really, I know some people don't like him and he did the first, his first season, he had a couple little struggles where it's like, he'd get excited and kind of cut Greg off because, you know, he's amped. Like he, you know, he had to learn the radio-ness, yeah. but he is a very, very good color it's guy. It's true. And he might be really good on TV where he doesn't, 
uh, radio is different, right? Because when you're interrupting Greg, you're interrupting usually the play. And you don't always know what happens at the end of the play. But if you're on TV, I think I, that's a really good call. Riley has some of that Tony Romo in him of just that like fanboy excited. And that's kind of entertaining to listen to. Yeah. Who would you want to replace Dave? Like, who's your Dave McCann? I think Mitch Harper's a damn good yeah. call. That's yeah. not just because we're it's friends Mitch. with Mitch. It's Mitch. Yeah, I think I think Mitch is a good one. I, I, I look at like me. I want to selfishly say me. I don't. One, I don't have a face for TV. And two, I don't think I'm that entertaining. I think I am more of a color guy, but I don't know enough about football. I can't stay professional enough. I am, I am the guy that you want to listen to on your commute to work. I'm not at all the guy that you want to listen to when you are kicking back with a cream soda watching a Saturday afternoon football game. Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, I think that's fair. That's fair. Uh, the last thing, because this is kind of a short show, you're getting ready to go on vacation. We, we did our, our foray into the geopolitical climate of the world. Basketball could potentially be playing a game against Kansas State. Our boy Robbie Bacombs has been all over that, over at Vanquish the Foe for the last couple of days. I've, I've talked to a couple of K-State people on this side ah. of thing as well. And the latest that is coming from that side of the equation is well, Robbie is right. It depends on what happens with their game against Iowa state on Saturday. Like they feel that a win over the cyclones will put them more firmly in the bubble where they are willing to take the risk of an early bounce from their conference tournament, you know, whatever with their conference tournament sitting and rest and all that, like they're trying to balance that equation. And also there apparently is some concern because the date in question is their women's team is playing in Manhattan. So they don't want to come mm-hmm. to Provo the game and the, we want to go on the road to push that into being like a quad one game. And there was some concern about that. So I don't think like go freaking play to Wichita, like find a neutral site game yeah, or something. Find a neutral right, just something. do it. Yeah. Or, or do it without fans. Yeah. Like, it really doesn't do a double header the way a tournament does and just like play the women's leave the women's game at its normal time but say hey men are tipping off at four o'clock yolo last game of the season let's go that feels like an unnecessarily uh, unnecessary concern like that that doesn't concern me one bit there is an element to this decision of does BYU beat Kansas State I I think they match up well with Kansas State Kansas State is kind of like BYU that they don't have great bigs uh, it would it's kind of, it would be probably an ugly game, and whichever team got hot and went on a run is probably the team that would win. Um, do you roll the dice? Because if BYU loses that game, that probably seals their fate. That means they are off the bubble and out of uh, out of consideration for a tournament bid, barring a you know a WCC tournament win. I am a I go down swinging. That's that's my philosophy. Is if you, I, I would rather. Like, look, what's the point, right? Like, I guess the money aspect of it, whatever. But I would rather go and play Kansas State, get beat, trying to do something different, unique, and earn my way into the tournament by proving I'm a capable team than get into the bubble, potentially play a first four game and get blown out. Like, if I'm not going to be good enough to get into the tournament, then I don't want to go to the tournament at all. And if I'm good enough to be in the tournament, then I'm not afraid of Kansas State one bit. 
So from my perspective, as a fan who is recording a podcast literally from his bed, I have no issues whatsoever with this game. As a basketball player who's actually invested some effort, maybe there's some different thoughts, but for me, no issues whatsoever with this game. Yeah, I think it also depends to what happens on the WCC um, and the final seating because like we could some weird things could happen and we could end up having to play like on Thursday or Friday and it's a really quick turnaround. Mm, that's true. But sometimes I think that that double buy is what kills BYU when they get that two seed and they don't play until you know forever. I don't know. There's lots of things to consider. So far when BYU has done these scramble schedules, it has not worked out in our favor. Lost to Coastal Carolina in football with the, the last-minute game. Who was it that they played in basketball uh, last year that was kind of a fluky thing? Oh, it was the reschedule of the Gonzaga game. Oh, yeah, that that's right. There, there were some WCC cancellations, and so all of a sudden we were playing Gonzaga, and that did, that did not go well. That went, right. in fact, very, very poorly. So 0 for 2 so far. Potentially could go 0 for 3, but, hey, if you go 1 for 3, you're good enough to get into the Hall of Fame. That's what I say. This is true. Uh, Jeff, it has been a good episode. Uh, I got to go finish packing and turn on the news. I can't focus really right now. Um, I think we did cover a lot. We did have uh, we do have some recruiting talk that we've pushed back. It was on our agenda last week. We ran long, and we'll get to it next week. About We're talking about kind of former commits, like players, once they decommit, what actually happens to them. And uh, it's a very interesting list. Um, cause a lot of them, it's probably not th- for the most part. I think the decommitments are a net positive looking at the list. Yep, sure. Um, but, uh, Jeff, it has been a good episode, not a great week. And until next time, give them hell. Fly safe, man. Give them hell.